Today's episode is being brought to you by Moshe Kasher. Fucking pitted, bro. Super stoked. Super stoked to be here, dude. Went surfing today. Spirits in That's not right supposed to be short, dude. Fuck you, bro. Pitted. Welcome to Down with Joe DeRosa. One topic, one hour, one guest. You heard our guest at the top. He's going to be back in a second. Let me just get these plugs out of the way. December, I'm coming to your town if you live in the south or southeastern United States. I will uh, be uh, doing Atlanta, the uh, the old star bar in Atlanta. December, I think it's the 19th and 20th, and some other dates in Mississippi and the surrounding areas. Prior to that, Greenville, South Carolina. Check JoeDeRosaComedy.com. For those uh, specifics, it's all up there right now. And the new album, Mistakes Were Made, the B-Sides is out. Double album of shit. Buy it. Ten bucks, I think. Buy it on iTunes. Amazon is, for some reason, the price is up and it shouldn't be. And we have to fix it. Anyway, today we're talking about perversion. Perversion. Perversion as in being a pervert. As in maybe being perverted. As in... Other people think you're a pervert. Maybe you're not. Maybe you are. Who knows? What do you like? You like a, a digit in your butt? Whether you're male or female? You get turned on by somebody putting an outfit on? You like to whack it in a public place? There are so many ways you can slice this perversion ball. We don't really need to over-explain it. Some of these subjects don't need a big dissertation for me at the top. You get where we're coming from. You get what this is going to be about. And I'm so excited to talk to my guest today about this. Uh, he's been seen on NBC East Chelsea lately, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, Comedy Central's Drunk History, At Midnight, Conan, Carson, Daly, Showtime's Shameless, MTV. He had a special called Live from Oakland. It's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, you're an idiot. Watch it. It's real, real funny. Author of the best-selling acclaimed book, Casher in the Rye. He's doing all kinds of things. Co-host of the Champs podcast with my good buddy Neil Brennan. Listen to that if you're not already doing it, and if you if you haven't seen the guy live, I suggest you go. You could go do so, please. Moshe Kasher, everybody, bring him in. What's up, man? How are you, man? That was such a big intro, and I felt like such a disappointing hello for me. From you? Yeah. Uh, I actually your your hello was so understated that I felt stupid. Oh yeah. After my intro, oh, then, yeah, job well done. <laughs> a successful pitch. Uh, you know, you you're the perfect person to have here uh, for this discussion because we were now we've known each other for a few years now, and the other night we were at Meltdown, and I said to you, "How did we become friends?" And we were trying to remember where we first met, and then we were talking about how the first real conversation we ever had was about. The porn star Bailey J. Oh, B, yeah, old BJ. Yo, BJ, how she's a transsexual and how I was like, I want to suck this girl's dick a little bit. And you were like, yeah, no, I totally get that, dude. And we really bonded over that. Well, it was the Buck Angel Bailey J game, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, the Buck Angel. Buck Angel is the guy that used to be a girl that still has a vagina. Bailey J is the girl that used to be a guy that still has a penis. And the old question on Opie and Anthony was, would you rather blow Bailey J or fuck Buck Angel, I want to blow Bailey J. See, I it's don't not even a rather for me. I don't because I'm a heterosexual male. But uh, that was a little jab. I but, know, but, but I, but I, but I don't. You see didn't anything. even want to respond to it. Well, because I don't. I won't justify that there's something wrong with not being a heterosexual male. I mean, that's, oh, see, if that's I where, do. 
that's where I come from, sort of ideologically. <laughs> you know, what? I'm sorry. I should clarify that I'm like a straight up anti-gay comedian. <laughs> My website originally was antigaycomedian.com. Right, right. When people were branding themselves in their URL. Sure, but, sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, Bailey J versus Buck Angel. It really does... It really does speak to the. Is that me or you? I don't know. I think that was you. It really does speak to the uh, to the sort of myth that is sexuality and gender and sexual orientation. It's like, yeah, man, that's a person with a penis. That's a person with a pussy. But I, I guaranteed, yeah, I'd much rather spend an evening with Bailey J than with Buck Angel. Did I ever tell you that Buck Angel like? heard me kind of make fun of him on the radio and like threatened me oh really yeah i would not by the way want to be threatened by bucking me neither it freaked me out because he's like a big dude and um i just he could beat your ass absolutely yeah i think billy J could beat my ass oh really (laughs) yeah i don't know how to fight you can't fight i have no idea how to fight oh interesting none i got a big mouth though i really run my mouth yeah you do oh you saw it the other night i did and (laughs) i have a big mouth too i've tried to get control of it because i i'm afraid of being murdered i'm afraid that someday my mouth is going to get me in so much trouble you know they say write a check with your mouth that your ass can't cash oh yeah and then i'll just get beat to death yeah bill bill uh, burr used to always call me joe escalates the situation to rosa <laughs> because uh, he was like nobody knows how to yell while they back out of a room like you that's funny because that's that's what i would do like some guy would say something i'd be like yeah motherfucker and i but i'd be slowly backing out of the room what uh did buck angel do and say to you Threatens probably a tough, a harsh word to use. You know, I I didn't fear for my safety, but like he he uh, he heard me say on Opie and Anthony when this game was born, uh, th- when the first question was posed, Jim Florentine was the one that said it. He was like, you know, I'm tired of talking about this. We're going in circles. What would you rather do? Have sex with Buck Angel in his vagina, or and he said vagina, I believe, uh, or would you rather blow Bailey J? Now. Was Buck into the game itself? Buck wasn't there. I know. I'm just saying in this threat, like, did it seem like he, I'm good with the game? No. But I don't like that DeRosa character. No, no, no. So I said, I can't. I said, I, I no offense to Buck Angel. I don't think I could maintain an erection for that guy if I had, like, popsicle sticks and duct tape. And it was just like a dumb little passive comment I made. Just trying to say, like, I don't know if I want to suck a dick, but, like, I definitely couldn't fuck that dude. Uh-huh. And because I just wouldn't be, because I'd be looking at a dude, so I wouldn't be turned on in any way. And uh, and that's all I meant by it. But I think, like, it came across as, like, me kind of being, like, transphobe. So he just tweeted me that night on Twitter, and he was like, hey, dude, like, I heard you running your mouth on Opie and Anthony on the radio. You sound like an ass when you talk like that. I'm watching you. It was just like one of those things. I'm watching you. That's that's the part at the end that got a little a little titillady. It was enough of a thing that I was like a little like, oh shit. Did you write back? No. Oh. What you should have done is written back, been like, I apologize, can we meet up for coffee? And then fuck fucked him. I think he- <laughs> Like, do you know what I mean? To soothe the thing. What do you say I fuck you? And then we're good. I don't know. I mean, isn't I get it that it's you don't want to be treated as a punchline, but also doesn't it truly speak to the fact that Buck Angel really is undeniably a man, like not a trans man, but in fact, in your mind, an actual man that you, you know what I mean, that you well, felt so incapable of being aroused by that man? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's one way you could look at it, you know, and, and then there's the way that he looks at it. You know, the other way is that let's write old Buck right now. Write him back. Hey, what do you uh, want to write remember that, remember that tweet? Remember that tweet? 
But I, I've been thinking about it, and actually, I think that my repulsion to away from you it confirms your masculinity. Right. You should be thanking me. Right. And I'm a black woman. Right. And he'll say, "What are you talking about? I have no recollection of this." But I will come on my Harley and beat the shit out of you. <laughs> he smokes cigars and shit. He's a He's tough dude. Tough. I watched a documentary about him, and it was fascinating. And I, I really admire the guy. I think, I think he's awesome. Like, I think like. He's brave, and, and, I, and I think he's made immense strides for the transgender community, and, like, he's, he's one of a kind. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, I, you know, you would hope that in a discussion about – now, I don't know. I've never talked to the guy. But I would hope that if I had a discussion with him about this, yes, do you deserve the equal rights that anybody else gets? Absolutely. Should people have, have more open mind when it comes to this? 100%. But also – understand too that there's like it's 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 a new thing there's going to be questions you know like people aren't going right. to know how to talk about it properly. i have felt for a long time i'm not positive i want to go on record about this well there's two arguments here one is uh why is the onus constantly on everyone else to have pre uh, understood and uh, adjusted towards trans sensitive language when when we are really the ones that are having to learn about it right, right. People that are in the trans community and, sure. and who are themselves trans, well, sure. those are people that are super, you know, they know what is happening and they know what they prefer. Sure. And why is the onus 100% on cis, cis society yeah. to, like, to know everything? Right. On the yeah. other hand, yeah. and I think there's a pretty solid argument that I've heard from some trans people, is like, oh, we don't care about coddling to you and at all anymore. Even if that's true, we've been oppressed for so long and so drastically that fuck you get right. get with it or or peace it's not my job to train you it's your job to not be an asshole okay well i think both of those arguments have a sound foundation i really do um because yeah there are times when i say yeah you're absolutely right fuck anybody that doesn't get this and why bother with them and that's it and then the other times i go okay man but don't treat me like the christian guy that says i'm supposed to know about jesus like you know what i mean like because come on. i said she male yeah, and was yeah. like didn't recognize that that is a in what is a pretty contemporary political sort of uh, and and gender identity movement that that's already that's been eschewed as an acceptable term. Like sure. you know, I'm still over here. Yo, I'm I'm a I'm just the guy's guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, how am I supposed to know? I'm just a guy from Queens. I'm a union guy from Queens. You don't know nothing. You know, yeah, I want to be a know? nice guy, but come on. What do you know? You know how to go and you order a piece of pizza, you get drinking soda, you leave. Yeah, that's, that's all a, you that, know. That's all I do. I, 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 go, I go to a trans bar and I scream, who, who the fuck are you people? You know, I mean, I'm just a regular guy. You don't know, man. You I know, don't know. You, you, get, see, you see these freaks. I'm just a regular guy. I get in my car in Queens. I drive into the West Village. I scream out uh, homophobic slurs. I'm just a regular guy. <laughs> That was an excerpt from Moshe's new show, A Regular Guy, <laughs> uh, coming colon, to a black box theater. Colon, a piece of pizza. <laughs> so, <laughs> the um, here's the thing. Um, I could talk I, about trans stuff for an hour. I That'd could be talk funny. about it for two, an hour. Two cis guys. I don't like. By the way, I don't enjoy. I don't. What appreciate, does cis guys mean? I that's never, us. I don't appreciate. Actually, and and honestly, don't appreciate the name cis, which is cis means you are the you are psych, psychologically. I don't know if that's the right word, but orientation wise, the gender that you were born that, that you were born. Uh, that is to say, you are a straight. You are a male okay. who was born with a penis and feels like a male. And who's definite? Who made this term? This up? is definitely tra the trans. Like this is trans. 
But why is it called cis? I don't know. What does that I, actually, mean? Actually, that's a good question. I don't know the etymology of what cis means, but it means it means you are the default gender that you were born into. Okay. So you're a cis male. Uh, your mom, I assume, is a cis female. Yeah. Right? I would but, guess, But yeah. Bailey J is a trans woman. Okay. And B- Buck Angel is a trans man. Right. And then there's the next level of that where it's a girl who is still a girl and who's going to remain a girl and says, but I identify as he. Oh, and vice versa. And then there's another level beyond that, which is, uh, which is uh, okay, I'm going to try to be make sure I get this right. There is, okay, there's inter- intersex, intersex, which is a, a, a little known sequel to the Rick Moranis vehicles, Interspace. <laughs> that was Rick He's Moranis, like Martin right? Short. Uh, Martin Short. Martin Short. That would have been a solid landing, though. God damn it. It's it okay. You were, you were right there, man. I mean, they feel similar to me. <laughs> they I gotta do. be honest. They do. You're getting the science of Honey, I Shrunk the That's Kids right. yes. mixed up with the Interspace. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got you. I understand. So there's Intersex, and I believe Intersex might have some biological component to it. Like, Intersex might be people that were born with differing sets of gender like they they have both or something interesting like that. Mm-hmm. Then there's gender queer, and gender queer are people that just that they don't identify with either, or they're uh, or there's also gender fluid, which is their gender fluctuates by the day or by the hour or by the just how they feel. Then, in a whole other area of it, which is it gets even better, it, we move into something called uh, other kin. Uh, do you know about other kin? I don't. I didn't know about the first th- four things you said that per- precede other kin. Okay, so, so no intersex, which I think has a biological component. Gender queer, which is I just I just reject gender. Period. I just I I am one, the other, or neither. Okay. Depending on the day or depending on who I am. Other kin. These are people. Now I believe most trans people don't like other kin, or intolerant of other kin. Okay. Because other kin are people that don't not identify as male or female. They don't identify as human. Okay. They're not human. They're they are they identify as dragons. I'm not kidding. Uh, <laughs> but elves. this is unrelated to trans. No, it's not unrelated. Why? Because they feel the other kin. Now there is some sort of uh, so there's some controversy about how real other kin are. That maybe the rage about other kin and the kind of like uh, you know the rejection of other kin is much more pronounced and prominent than the actual existence of people like this. Right. Like that is to say, on Tumblr and on these blogs, there's a lot more people saying other kin are ridiculous. That's fake. It's ruining the trans cause for people even to talk about that. Then there are people actually saying, "No, I'm a dryad." I right? got you. Right. But that's what they are. They are people that identify as like nymphs and dryads and wizards and hobbits. And I've actually met one once. And what did he identify as? An she? elf. Well, he. I worked at this um, at this uh, political campaign uh, fundraising thing once upon a time. It's uh-huh. a t- it was a terrible job. You go door to door soliciting. Uh, yeah, I worked in politics too. It's n- it's not fun. It wasn't even. This was like, you know. I would attest that working in any area of politics is the most not fun job you could ever have and the way that this thing worked it was awful but the way that this thing worked is they would get young guys to or young kids to come and then they would they would pay you if you made your kind of if you made your nut sure day but if you didn't then they wouldn't pay you but you still made contributions so there's this vast labor force of people not getting paid but getting them money right anyway there was this one dude who was like a lifer there and uh he was an old guy that, you know, lived in San Francisco. And he told me at some point, he's like, yeah, I'm not really human per se. I don't, I, I'm not really human. I'm more like, 
I'm more like an elf from Lord of the Rings. Kind okay. Of a, like a, that kind of, do you know about the elves from Lord of the Rings? Uh, yeah, like of course. Yeah. Among us, but not quite of us. Even, yeah. You know, they're eternal and blah, blah. And he goes, um, and usually I can tell another elf when I meet one. And he's like, and I don't get the vibe that you're an elf. <laughs> and my, my That's ego. That's the only vibe I've ever gotten from you. Elvin? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my ego is so strong that I was like, dude, you don't know me. <laughs> I could. I might be an elf. I might definitely be an elf. You can't just look at me and say I'm not an elf. I might be. I'm an elf, but I know I'm not an elf. I no, you're that. not. At the time, I knew that. But anyway, neither is that guy. No, that's fair. <laughs> that's true. But now here's the thing with this. And by the way, um, we've sort of digressed into this conversation about trans on the perversion podcast, which is not a perversion. Exactly. We're not in any way saying that this is a perversion. This is just an area of discussion that we're getting into um but i i'm glad you brought up that other kin thing because a uh, um a person that i say a woman that identifies as a i've been reprimanded a saying her about a girl that i was told hey no you call her he she oh, identifies okay. as male whatever okay. to me that if if that's the way you roll you can't judge the other kin guy you can't because the only argument against the other kin belief is you're not a fucking dragon, you're a human being. And if, it's, and if you're willing to make that argument, you could then make the argument of you're not a fucking woman because you have a penis. Okay, well, okay. That's, that's one way to look at it. But on the other hand, it is sort of demonstratively true. First of all, it's not as simple as you're saying because there are not dragons. Dragons do not exist at all. That's not real. Right. Right. And uh, and on the other hand, it is true that gender and sexuality and uh, and are mixed up, even scientifically. They're not as binary as we think they are. Right. right? Yeah. Like even even within the realm of science. I mean, you know, the fact that hermaphrodites exist, the fact that as uh, a, a kid, you know, sometimes people choose gender when when there's a kid with both sets of genitals right. born with both sets of genitals, the doctor will choose a gender for that kid. Right. So even in that world, you have to give a little more credence to the idea that gender and sex is a little bit more mixed up. Sure. Than ethereal magical reality. OK. Yeah. There That's... are people also that identify as disabled, apparently, who are not. OK. Transabled, well, I think they're called. Transabled. How yeah, do you people, know all this? Because I'm fascinated by it. Like, I can't get enough. Okay, you convince me. Now, here's the thing. I don't have a problem. If you, if Moshe, if you said to me right now, Joe, I identify as a woman, I'd say, okay, and I would... I don't believe you. Why? You wouldn't blink. You'd be like, okay, cool, cool. So Moshe's trans. I had that happen recently. I have no problem with it. I have no problem. Look, you're my friend, and you've always identified as a straight man to me. So... Of course, I would have questions like, what are you talking about? Like, you've always been a straight dude that, that like, likes to fuck chicks. Um, doesn't mean you can't think of yourself as a woman, but uh, I would have some questions. But none of them would be dismissive or judgmental. I would just be curious. But I did an interview recently with a guy, and he said, uh, he said hey, man, I just want you to know, like, I identify as a woman. And I said, okay, that's great. And he goes, uh, he goes, I if you want to make fun of me for that, it might be funny. And I was like, I, I would, I'm not going to make fun on of you. On the podcast this was? Before we did the interview, he said that. And I go, I'm not going to make fun of you for that, man. And I was like, that's cool. Like, man? Yeah. Well, you already started. I didn't You're say You're an man. asshole. I didn't. I'm just. Bro, I'm, I'm not going to. Dude, listen, guy, fella, <laughs> male person. I'm just riffing right now. This yeah. wasn't the real conversation and we I'm had. I'm riffing on your riff. You are riffing on my riff. And the thing is, I identify as a person who can say anything to anyone and they can't get offended. That's how I. 
yes. my orientation. Well, I guess that's what I was getting at earlier. It's kind of an all or nothing thing to me. And you do make a good point about there are obviously much more uh, blurred, many more blurred lines between the genders than there are between a human and a dragon. However, I think once you start saying, because I believe this thing, you, then you just, it's not fair to then judge other people for their beliefs and say, well, that's crazy. That's it, where I draw a line. I hear you, except in the realm of like common sense. I mean, there is such a thing. And this is where it becomes like really morally ambiguous. Where you say to yourself, well, just common sense tells me that a dragon is different than a transsexual. Right. But you can, you can, you know, reduce, you can be more reductionist and you can say, well, being gay makes more sense to me than being trans. And sure. being straight makes more sense well, to me than being point. gay. Well, that's my point. It's a very slippery slope. Yeah, right. exactly. So I, I, I will go with the all or nothing. You want to tell me you're a fucking swan lizard okay great man i don't right. know what that is but have fun run with it dude you right know? well uh, swan lizard is a lizard that originally was very ugly it was an ugly lizard duck, duckling uh-huh. and then eventually it pl- it plumes of beautiful gecko-like scalage came onto its body and it was able to uh attract its mate and ended up being a beautiful swan lizard okay but it looks like a lizard, but it's a swan. It's an ugly duckling, but yeah. a, the original version of yeah, it. Yeah, well, man, if you identify, I wouldn't ask you any questions. I man. actually identify as the original author of The Ugly Duckling. <laughs> That's great, man. That's yeah, great. I mean, this is who I am. That's great. I, You know, I knew there was more to you than just Moshe Cash. I knew, there, I knew, I knew it wasn't just straight man. I no, knew it's there not were just levels. straight were male, not just comedian. I also wrote a lot of Aesop's fables. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm one of the brothers Grimm, but I'm actually, then I'm actually trans, so I was also a sister's Grimm. It's a long is, and complicated story. Is there trans race? There must be, There's yeah. gotta be. Yeah, have you, Ralphie May? <laughs> Come on, Ralphie, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> I am actually extremely... We're not even talking about perversion, are we? No, let's get back to perversion. We got way off. We are... I don't know how many minutes in. We haven't even gotten into the You could the redo your intro. And we could just uh, talk about trans. Two, two straight cis men talking about trans. We're 21 minutes in. Let's get into perversion. And I yeah. want to take us back to the other night. Because Great. you said something very interesting during this Woody Allen argument that occurred. Oh, sure. We won't get into the details. It got a little heated. In retrospect, I maybe could have backed off of my... <laughs> My well, Joe was saying, and this was what this was the best. Joe was saying to another comedian who is clearly not into it, "I know for sure that Woody Allen is in, is innocent. Look, like I know that he's innocent." And then he started referencing non-existent evidence that we have. That was really just anecdotal opinion stuff that and Joe was reacting to. I I immediately retracted my statement. I said, "Okay, I'm wrong for saying I know for sure." And then I quickly switched and said. I think there's more evidence pointing to him being innocent than there is pointing to him being guilty. However, as 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 hypothetical and unbased as my argument was, her argument was he did it because there's a system that protects people. That's just as that's just as conspiracy theory crazy or whatever. You know what I mean? So I don't think either of us really were making great points. Um, that's very true. I was there and I can speak to that. Yeah, both people were kind of missing. I um, anyway, it got a little heated. Sure, whatever, it's fine. I I actually kind of feel bad about it, but uh, um, somebody got offended, and but you were there, and then you and I started talking about it, and this is where I want to start with you today. You said that you thought it was creepy that he married his pseudo daughter, his other pseudo daughter. 
Well, he had not a, the one that he's being accused of molesting, but the yeah. other one, which is that's the most damning bit of evidence. Okay. To me. Now, I want this is where I want to start because this is a great perversion discussion. Yeah. Because I've discussed this with people, and I've said, "Look, I'm not. I'm not approving." You've never been in Joe's podcast room. I'm literally looking at a, the many faces of Woody Allen poster <laughs> beaming down. And I'm the Jew here. There's a framed one of them right there, too. For God's sake. I'm a fan. <laughs> you turn around, there's those, the wedding picture of Soon Yi. It's actually Woody just Allen. him yeah. casting um, his next movie. I was yeah. going to... I, I was going <laughs> to... Maybe get you, but I um that's the worst. I, I uh, that was such a good Woody Allen fuck impression. Yourself, man. Man. <laughs> Go back to the black woman character. That, <laughs> that, one, was, that one was really strong. Yeah, you, you know, wait, you know nothing about the reading of the the writings of Marshall McLuhan. Shit. <laughs> I don't so, know what's happening. Here's the thing. I've had that discussion with people, and let's let's take everything off the table about what was legal or well any of that stuff. I have met people that have said flat out, I think it's creepy that he married in a 19-year-old girl. And I said... A 19-year-old? She was 19. Okay. Yeah, when they when they got married. I don't find that creepy. Well, that was always my I mean, thing. I was like... Lightweight I was, creepy. I've had people say flat out, regardless of who she was in relation to him, the fact that that guy married a 19-year-old is weird. He? Oh, God. He was like 60. Yeah, that's weird. It is weird. That's kind of weird. Yeah. But is it? Is yes. it? Here's what I ask you. Uh, Woody Allen, is is he in the minority of men over a certain age that find a 19-year-old woman attractive? No, I don't think so. I think that uh, attractive is real different than uh, this person seems like a nice one to settle down with. Then this woman that I helped raise. We're taking that off the table, though, right? Yeah, take the raised Just part. 19. I, I agree that it's not in the best interest to marry a girl that you were around during her childhood or whatever. But here's the thing. Celine Dion, great example. That guy never gets called out on that. That guy that she married, whatever his name is, it looks like Santa Claus, he like was her manager since she was like 13 or mm. something. You know? Patrice O'Neill, who I once, wh oh, I once had a conversation with him about, uh, and he was doing this all weekend. I was opening for him as one of my first uh, weeks opening for a comedian about basically what taking away morality it's definitely your phone taking away oh it's my computer uh, that's what it is because it's linked taking away that's a good feature to have on the podcast taking away <laughs> morality well it's uh, like your podcast so you have sound effects uh, they, we don't have are, them anymore those are my sound effects i was trying Just, to listen to the too short interview the guy's like saying interesting stuff and then over it are like these samples from like of like Lee Marvin screaming. Hey, we had fun. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, he was asking everyone that weekend, like taking away morality completely. What is the age of a woman where you start to feel like they're the, you want to have sex with them? Yes. And the answer is across the board. 15 yeah. 14 15. I mean, that's, most guys would say that. Yes. Just I'm saying with zero morality involved in it. When does when do you start looking at a woman with a as a sexual creature? Right, just physically. Right, and it is fourteen, fifteen. It's just post puberty, or I mean, yeah, that's post puberty for women. It is women mature. Sex. I watched a documentary uh, on Netflix that was called "Are All Men Pedophiles?" <laughs> because it was about how so many men are attracted to younger women. Not meaning younger and illegal. I mean, they do talk about that in it. But they talk about, like, why do, why do older men have this? Why do men consistently throughout their life have this obsession with, like, the 18-year-old? And they talk about, like, a woman really hits, like, 
the uh, I'm going to bastardize this completely, but there's something about the age of 16 with a woman uh-huh. uh, where she kind of hits her. You know, that's when the the sexual the sexuality sort of comes out of her, whereas for men it comes out later. So just because your society progresses and says, okay, you don't marry sixteen you don't mean year olds, sexuality, you mean sexual attractiveness, attractiveness, or yeah, right. or, or, or but also too like ability? a woman's ability to become pregnant and all that stuff. You know, right? So their point is is like just because the society progresses and we realize like maybe that's not the best age for a guy to impregnate a woman and whatever and things change it doesn't mean that your basic lizard brain gets away from that that's true and it yeah. actually is the best age for you to impregnate a woman well theoretically yeah. like a woman's body will bounce back and be right. a lot happier giving birth when they're 16 than when they're 36 so then here's where our trans discussion actually now ties into all this if you say that it's okay to and now again we're talking about within the realm of legal interest when it mm. comes to sex if you say it's okay to have sex with a 19 year old as a 60 year old guy because you, you're famous and you meet a hot chick and she wants to have a fun night you raise her for a decade plus no, that's not what i'm talking about you make her soup when she's sick about. you bring a right. cold compress to her when she's just a nine-year-old girl she's got she got rubella who even heard of rubella you, you don't even but she came from another country and so there might have been some lingering sort of viruses at any rate she gets old enough she, her, her breasts start budding a little bit mm-hmm. you see her womanhood flower right and eventually uh-huh. you decide to flower her womanhood for her. Mm-hmm. Sure. You don't know of any proof that any of that happened. Oh, I actually do. The evidence all points to all of that. Cold happening. compresses? <laughs> <laughs> That's come up in all the articles. Uh, the, uh, here's my question. I'm not talking about Woody Allen. Here's my question. Any six-year-old man, if it's not weird for a six-year-old guy to get his rocks off with a 19-year-old, why then is it weird for him to marry her? Well, that's when we get into this separation, and we're not quite at perversion yet, but when we get into this separation between um, between the consciousness of man and the the biology of man, yeah. right? Which is that your biology and your dick is saying, yes, go for it, which does make sense on a biological level. But we all say to ourselves, however, we're humans. We're not animals. Right. So we have a consciousness that has raised to the point where certain things seem morally at least ambiguous if not like repugnant which right. is for example a 60 year old man falling in love with a 19 year old the only argument for that being immoral is is morality itself which is something that we've constructed to say that just doesn't feel right right well my thing is there it's we go again gotta be there we go there we go is this on every podcast uh no no it's since i downloaded this new fucking operating system for the computer and uh I guess I could turn the speakers off, and that would make a difference. Maybe. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, I think I look at I look at this whole thing with 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 a very similar approach to the way I look at comedy. Uh, and this will make sense in a second. If it's within the realm of legal, hey man, okay, like I can't crucify you because there's a reason we make a law there's a reason we say this is wrong and that now ethically within that world i can choose an, on an indiv- as an individual to say i am not personally comfortable with that even though i'm technically allowed to do it right. but i won't judge you for doing it well that's the thing i mean legal that was i think the point of patrice's question which is what does legal is co- so completely arbitrary you know 
Like, it was, it's just 18? Well, who plucked that number out of the sky? Like, why is that the number? What? Right. Well, then you could argue that a million different ways about the, the, the age that kids get sent off to war, the age that you're allowed to buy cigarettes, the age that you're allowed to drink. You know, there are all types of arguments. They as had to, to decide on something. Right. They had to decide on something. So my point is, is, you know, look, we talked the other night, you and I, about Manhattan, the movie Manhattan. Uh, and you said, just watch that movie and you'll, you, you know how that guy rolls. And, you know, to me, sure, that could be an argument that in that movie, Woody Allen is 45 or whatever and dating a 17 year old. But the movie is actually about a creepy old man dating a 17 year old. It's not about that though. When's the last time you saw it? I saw it recently. It's not about a creepy old man. Okay. Dating maybe a take away creepy. It's about the, an older man's lust and desire for a young physically perfect woman she actually is pursuing him way more in the movie than he's pursuing her he falls in love with diane keaton in the movie right uh it's i think it's more about a guy that's sort of selfish and wants the best of both worlds he wants the beauty of youth coupled with the intellectual stimulation of of maturity and, and you can't have that and then in the end the girl ends up being more mature than he is but anyway here's my point you could Look at that and say, okay, that's evidence that he's got a weird fetish or whatever. You could also look at it and say, that's an interesting, provocative storyline about a guy doing something that is legal in the state of New York. And, that and every, it makes you think and, and question. that every man would want. Every man would want Mariel Hemingway? Mariel Hemingway. At that age, at that point in her physicality. You know what I mean? Every, every guy, if they're honest with their, their penis, would look at her and say, I want it. So, so my point is, is where, do, and this is like the trans thing, where do we get off in saying, uh, now once you move past legal, we're, we're in the world of legal. Once you say that's okay, where do we get off saying, but that's not, you know? Uh, and and when, when I said I approach this the same way I approach comedy, my approach with comedy is if you were joking, I don't care. Right. I don't care. Even if the joke offended a million people and it bombed and it blew up in your face, I don't give a shit. If you meant it as a joke, that's fine. Have you never seen a joke that made you feel uncomfortable? I have, but my point is is that's for me internally. Mm -hmm. I will never judge the person on that. Right. And I would never say you shouldn't have done that. Because once you do that, now you're on the slope. However, if you say a real shitty thing and it's just your opinion and it sucks then it's like, fuck you, man. Like, you're right. being a douche, you know? Also, and we'll get back to perversion, but my, my, I have a theory about all this. You know, of the comedy police and stuff. Like, the main argument when someone says a joke that's super offensive that people will say is, you know, you say, oh, the argument is free speech. And then the counter argument sure. is, yeah, free speech doesn't exist in a vacuum. We get to have any reaction we want to your free, spe right. to your free speech. But the counter-counter argument is, yeah, and we also get to have whatever reaction we want to your counter reaction. Right. So it's not out. It's not unacceptable for me to say you're trying to be a thought police. The thought police by saying that joke's unacceptable. It's in fact my reaction to your reaction to that original joke. Yeah. The problem. Listen to me. The whole problem with the free speech argument is that is that people can people can make whatever assertions they want to make. The problem occurs when when people say you're wrong for your take on it. You know what I mean? You can say a really shitty thing and whatever repercussions are happening to you are happening to you. And I can give my opinion on that. Not chastising you. I'm just expressing the way I feel about it. And you can give your opinion very plainly about how you feel about what I said. 
But the problem is, is it rarely goes down like that. It usually goes down with, you're fucking wrong. Right. It's like, I'm not wrong. I just don't agree with you. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway. But so how, here's the question. If every man wants to fuck a woman, a child. Well, uh, that's, uh, Jesus. Take I want to fuck children. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, I thought that's what we were talking about. <laughs> I'm desperate to fuck an infant. I, <laughs> I always have been. You're in the wrong place, man. This oh, is what. This oh, is Thailand. This is the wrong podcast. Cambodia. Um, but if every man, you know, has his default towards young youth, blah blah blah, then uh, the porn search doesn't bear that out. Yeah, teen is a very uh, highly searched for porn word, but so is milf. Right. So, so what's the? Really, it's about what is it about? I mean, to me, looking up teen. Mm-hmm. online when you when you're on looking at porn and you look you search for teen yeah it's a lot less perverted it's a lot less down the road of perversion than when you look up like m- you know milf oh i always look up milf milf is to me more of a of a specific and um sort of um uh like what's a what's the word you know the thing fetishy kind yes. of vibe then then now if you look up teen and it's always teen in Catholic schoolgirl outfit or teen that looks sure. like a ten year old. Now we're in a perversion area, right? But MILF, even and it's a pretty innocent one. The MILF, it's not that risque. It's more down that line. Well, I have to go deep into the MILF genre now to, because to GILF. Yeah, because MILF is not MILF to me anymore. No, well, MILF is like a thirty year old. Yeah, it's a lady my age or maybe younger yeah. with fake tits that yeah. looks like she's 26. It's like, I don't want that. Yeah. I want a chick with like a couple of wrinkles, maybe sure. some gray hair. Yeah. You know, now we're talking. But yeah, I'll, I'll go into Gilf. I, I was talking with a guy the other night um, at a party and we were just talking about like with the oldest girl you ever hooked up with. And I yeah. was like, dude, I hooked up with a 50 year old woman once. Uh, actually, I've hooked, I hooked up with her two times over the course of a couple of years. And I go, dude, she was like Suzanne Summers hot. Uh-huh. She was fucking beautiful. Her body was immaculate. She was awesome. Awesome. And I was like, I loved it. And he but was see, like, to me, that's not even perverted. That's just an older woman. Now, if you had said to me, her body, a fucking dump truck. I mean, it was a fucking wasteland. It was like Vietnam. That now we're getting into a real fucked up area. Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of that online. I have to kind of sift through that. Like there are guys See, that to me, are, it's just still you liking beautiful women. I I am very turned on by the concept of a woman. The older she is, while maintaining being attractive, right. really turns me on. That's hot. So it's it's really hot. I also like when a really hot, like 20, 22, 23, 24-year-old girl is hooking up with a sort of attractive but kind of nasty old old woman. I look that up, turns me on. Like when I see how into it the hot young chick is, I'm like, man, this girl is a fucking yeah. soldier. This into is it with heavy quotation marks. I have looked up. I mean, I have. Yeah, I've looked up. Ug- ugly is a is a a search word that I will occasionally go to for porn. I do that sometimes too because it's real. Yeah, looking for ugly girls. There's something hot about that. I used to when I was single. My girlfriend is very beautiful. And she is. She's got. She's small and slender and has a great everything. But yes. when I was single. I would hook up with beautiful women, and I would hook up with really, fu- really unattractive women uh-huh. on, on purpose. Yeah. And I was into it. it w- and in fact, usually I would often I would get more aroused. Actually, what's interesting, I would get differently aroused yep. by the ugly woman than I would by the beautiful woman. There's a kind of arousal that just a gorgeous woman would bring me, 
it's a much more pure and it feels more wholesome arousal. Yeah, I've talked about this in therapy. When when I'm with a woman that I'm truly attracted to in that sense of I could marry a girl like this because this is a face I could look at every morning. Right. That sends me more into a space of lovemaking and, mm-hmm. and sensuality or whatever. When I'm with a girl that I don't look at like that, but it's like more animal instincts, you know, just raw fucking perversion. But why, though? Why just, is that animal? Your animal instinct, if you're thinking about it from a evolution perspective, should be into the woman who you're looking at and saying, I could mate with this woman. You'd think so. So but why am I, not- I... I mean, I have gotten to points of arousal with women, and, and I will say primarily with women that are unattractive and often very large, uh-huh. that it feel, I feel like I regress into an animal. Like my body's chattering and shaking. It almost feels like I want to thrust my crotch, you know, like a, like a, a, a dog <laughs> right, that doesn't yeah. have anything to fuck. Yeah. Well, I, I, this is part of what I talked about in therapy. I was like, I notice when I'm with a girl that I'm not truly attracted to in, in the whole sense, when it's just like a dirty kind yeah. of thing, um, I am able to reach orgasm oh, so yes. quickly. But that I can get. I way can, quick. Way I, quick. Because you're essentially that. masturbating with a person. Right, and there's zero psych- psychological hook that you're on, right? There's mm-hmm. no, like, you, and it's pretty piggish, actually. It's pretty, it's pretty like, gross of you, but I, I have the same situation. Right. Which is, like, there's no psychology involved anymore. You're just, you can do as you will, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the opposite problem, actually, because I had, it sounds like you did, too. I, I, it's not very easy for me to achieve orgasm during sex. With- it's not for me anymore. It used to be, and I, I, and I went on Prozac, and... Since I went on the Prozac, it's not. But here's the interesting part. I'm still able to maintain a very solid erection the whole time. So I think what happened was I don't think the Prozac is stunting my sexuality or my sexual desire. I think what it did was it evened me out and was like, here's how a normal person feels Mm -hmm. when they get aroused versus the way you used to be, which was like darting towards having an orgasm. Right. You know what I mean? Like I got to a point where it just like I almost didn't have enjoyment out of it anymore. Oh, you would come so quickly, you're saying? I wouldn't come like embarrassingly quickly. <laughs> That's pathetic. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I wouldn't come embarrassingly quickly. I just like it was just all my focus was on. Uh-huh. And I could do it as quickly as I wanted to do it. And I could hold it off. I wouldn't lose. It wasn't like, like premature. It wasn't like I lo- would lose it. But I would just feel like that was all it was about. And now it's like, oh, man, it takes like some emotional investment. It takes me really sinking my mind into it. Mm-hmm. And that part wasn't there before, you know. So like that, I think, is actually a really good thing. I kind of like it. Now, is there a difference, do you think, between um, like if you have a thing for fat girls and having a thing for children? What's the what's a fundamental difference between a person that wants to have sex with children and a person that wants to have sex with older women or fat women? Or I could say easily the difference for me is uh, that I didn't only want to have sex with my sexuality wasn't only towards that. Obviously, morality one's evil and one isn't. Right. But is there is it just a Fetish or is it like a fundamental it, that you can't help? And unfortunately, biologically, you were wired with this horrifying sexual desire or. I mean, well, I mean, look, there are there are certain scientific studies that say uh, in however many decades from now, 
we will be able to prove that all immoral behavior is is linked to some kind of psychological imbalance. And I think... But everything is. Because I've sure. heard a counter-argument, which is that that's the wrong argument to even pose, which, is, of course, it has to do with your brain chemistry because everything has to do with your brain chemistry. Right. Uh, you're you're a, a person that's like, I've always been very comfortable with monogamy with a woman that's mature and my own is the same... Is just as uh, you know a resultant from brain chemistry as somebody that's like I only like fucking hookers. Right. Well, I guess here's here's where I bring up the point. Uh, I think that there's a difference between theoretically, I would think that there's a difference between a real pedophile and some guy that has a weird attraction towards something he shouldn't have an attraction towards because the pedophile acts on it, whether it's looking up illegal child porn. It's not true. What's, what do you mean? I heard this really crazy story. I think it was on this American life about this kid who kid, he was like, he's a teenager who realized as he got older that he was a pedophile, uh, sort of theoretically because he, he never acted on it, but he started to realize like, all he wanted sexually was to be with children. Okay. And he told his mom, I think, and she started trying to seek therapy for him. And the therapists were ex- extremely reluctant to treat him because I think for a number of reasons, one is that it's, in, it's very difficult to treat them uh, and cure, cure them. Uh-huh. And the other is that, uh, that they are very afraid of having to turn the person in. It was something weird like that. Anyway, he had a very difficult time, um, uh, not uh, getting treatment. So he started this online support group for other people in his situation. And one of the rules for this online support group for joining it is that you can't, uh, it's, you cannot be there. You can't have done it. Mm-hmm. You can't have acted on it. And you also can't, uh, um, support acting on it. You can't go onto the chat room and say, well, is this really wrong? Like the point of this thing. It's for people whose minds are attracted to children but who want not to act on it. But here's my question. D- is he unable to have a relate? Is he like literally a guy where he's like, I can't get aroused unless I think about a kid? He was talking about that and he was like, I would like to find love with a person my own age. I don't know if it's possible for me. Okay. Because so it's I'm so th- fucked up. Okay, that's interesting. Um, okay, well then, yeah, then there's then there's that category. Well, it's good to know that some people don't act on it. Well, that's what I think. I think there are so many people in the world, mm-hmm. you know, like this whole like homosexuality is a choice. It's not a choice, right? Right. There are so many people in the world that every com- computational possibility has a is real and occurs. Mm-hmm. So homosexuality is probably not a choice most of the time, but I'm, it's definitely a choice. For someone, someone mm-hmm. out there has chosen to be gay and someone out there has chosen to not be gay and been able to successfully manage to become attracted to women. That's just has to have happened. Right. But my friend, uh, I have a dear friend who was we were in a band together and he was gay and uh, or he still is. But um, he went to prison mm-hmm. and he became really Christian in prison. So uh, we lost touch for a while because he was in prison. Uh, and I didn't know. I just thought he disappeared. And then we finally reconnected, and he was telling me his whole story, and this is where I've been, and now I'm really religious. And I was like, I got to ask you, dude, like, how do you balance being Christian and being a gay man? And he was like, for me, it was one or the other, and I chose God. And I was, so that, right. he's, he's doing it like the way that support group is doing it with the pedophile. He, like, he's looking at it like, this is wrong, and I can't do it, and that's it. 
And he just, and he goes, I go, would you ever marry a woman now? And he goes, if I found myself in a situation where I was attracted to one, I would, but I don't know if it's possible. It's literally like that's really interesting. what the guy was saying, you know, it's, I don't think it's the same because I think there's nothing wrong with a guy loving God and also being in a homosexual relationship. But there's also a wonderfully, cause you, you, you know, you start to panic when you have this, you go down this line of logic. It's like, wait, is there a difference? And there is an obvious difference between homosexuality and pedophilia, of course, well, yeah. which is consent. Right. You want to say, well, one is wrong and one isn't, but it's like, well, a Christian person thinks that's wrong. Right. But the big major difference is that one is uh, two people that are engaged in a consensual, loving, or even not loving relationship, and the other is a person taking advantage of another person. Well, again, then let's take let's take uh, uh, the law off of the table one more time and say, what is the difference between somebody? What is the thing that makes one guy go, I'm going to go to a support group because I have these thoughts I don't want and I want to work them out and whatever, and the other guy that acts on it. Right. So you want to say, right, that one is evil and one isn't. But, but in it, I mean, but here's the thing. The guy that acts on it doesn't have to be a guy pursuing some illegal thing. It could be a priest who thinks it's wrong for him to sleep with women, yet goes and sleeps with a prostitute. Right, because that, that is the dual component. Which would be illegal, but or a regular woman, not oh, a prostitute. A regular woman. Yeah, I, <laughs> no, I mean, I guess that the, uh, I mean, that that's when you start to get into, I mean, I, obviously we keep, I keep talking about child molestation because it's the most sort of stark uh, sure. example of perversion. Sure. Which is, you're right, that there are two components to what makes a an actual child molester. One is the attraction to children, mm-hmm. and then the other is, a moral core that is uh, that is subjugated enough or collapsed enough that you think, and I'm going to do it. It's going to happen, and I'm okay with it. Well, I think that's why I brought up the thing about the you know proving that every sort of uh, immoral activity can be or action can be linked to a psychological imbalance. It's you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's clear to me that you know somebody that says I am going to act on that is somebody that has lost regard for the concept of repercussion and punishment or is incapable of having regard for that well then that would be a psychological imbalance wouldn't you say i think is anybody arguing that child molestation isn't a psychological imbalance no but i'm saying that's exactly why i brought it up because i think like those that act on it it's it's a severe imbalance you know you of course you could also say if you're in that support group there's also some kind of imbalance because you're having desires that you shouldn't be having but those guys are able to go, we know this shouldn't be happening and we're fixing it or we're working on it or whatever. The guy that does, it's like the guy that murders. It's like, there's a thing. I mean, we've all been so mad that you could say, I want to fucking kill this guy right now. You don't do it, you know? Well, that's different to me because you can lose control and murder. Like, I think you could lose control and murder. I think probably you have that in you. We all do on some level. Uh, but when it comes to per- people that murder uh, or murderers, right? Taking away like gangsters because that's one kind of thing where there's a cultural force that's, you know, people that, I mean, we're all walking, it fucking freaks me out sometimes when I think about the fact we're all walking around a world where we know that some percentage of humanity is only happy when they rape, murder, kidnap, rape, and murder people. Right. Re- regularly. Like that's some blip in human evolution has made people's brains wired so that they will lock their children in their basement right. for 30 years and use them as sex slaves and murder the babies. Like, yeah. We all know that that's true and we're walking around pretending like it's important to the, you know, this new 
you know, live Peter Pan on NBC is coming up. Right, know? right, right. How right. do we even deal? How do but, we? How does anybody deal with that? <laughs> or that people fuck children? We know that. We know for a fact. Yeah, so you watch Peter Pan to distract you from knowing that fact. It's a horrible fact. And but, you and you lean into the idea that no, those people are 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 evil. We right. Like, it makes you more, much more comfortable. Say, oh no, 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 those are people that are evil, and not no. Once in a while, you are born fucking in like that. Sure, sure, but. The God damn it, Moshe! I lost it. I was what, what were we just talking about right before that? Peter Pan being distracted, uh, and we all walk around knowing that people right before murder, the walk around murder, part. murder. murder. Oh, so you could lose control and murder. Does that mean that you could understand rape in the same way that you could lose control in the heat of a moment and 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 imagine that a guy is capable of doing something like that? This is okay. This is gonna be. I don't even know if I should talk about this, but. <laughs> I know I, was, I got nervous when I said rape. To be honest, I, with I you. was thinking about this today, based on this conversation about the current rape person in the news, right? Um, right, B- Billy C, uh, Billy Corbin from the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> Don't say uh, you're just kidding. Just slander. kidding. Just kidding. That didn't happen. <laughs> it's slander. Okay, uh, and you won't edit it out because you're too lazy. Too lazy. Um, the difference is, I was just thinking about this today that I could see like a teenage boy doing it and right. it being not a, a a symptom of a patho of a pathological imbalance right right uh because teenagers are out of control of morality they're out of control of their bodies they don't as much know right from wrong right they, so you could see being i could see being a teenager and doing what is uh, murdering someone without thinking about the consequences raping without thinking about the consequences being so horny that they that they do something that's basically evil right like this whole argument that rape is never about sex it's always about power i think that that's true most of the time but i think like you could see being a 14 year old and it is about sex and you have no moral core yet you haven't developed sure. your when you are in a position where you're a 50 year old man that is repeatedly drugging and raping women yes that's what they're talking about when they talk about pathology oh right? yeah sure, where they course. talk about power that that yes. you you can see and say that definitely has nothing to do with sex because that person could have had sex with anyone they wanted what they wanted was to drug and rape someone. right but my question is in the same sense that you say you can imagine a man lose a sensible rational man losing control and murdering could you also imagine a sensible rational man losing control and raping or do you think those are two different things well i think i, I actually don't know the answer i mean i think to me uh rage seems like an emotion that is m- more uncontrollable than than horniness but you know that being said i have done things in my life that i horny was that i said i was going to stop had nothing to do with rape but you know there have been times when i said that behavior i need to stop doing i need to stop you know hitting up such and such a person for a booty call because i know it's like a bad idea oh man yeah yeah of course and then you find yourself doing it again of course i talked i had a long conversation with my friend yesterday about this where i said uh he had gotten himself into like a sort of sticky sexual encounter. Nothing that he did wrong. He just was sleeping with somebody that wasn't, it wasn't healthy for him. It's, right. It wasn't a healthy thing for him to be doing. And he was like, I don't know, man. I'm just, you know, I'm panicked because I think, you know, she might have a boyfriend and now I'm worried that this guy might come after. And I was like, look, dude, you knew this girl was a little nutty and you went after it because somewhere deep in your brain, your brain is telling you to self-destruct. 
So you need to work on that. And I mm-hmm. told him about like when I went through that, man, you know, and like I went through it on the road. We all did, you know, and you just continually find yourself in these situations where you're like, what am I doing? Why, why did my dick lead me to this right now? You know, like this is I remember when I was in China once. This is the craziest thing I've ever done on behalf of my dick. Great. Love it. This is a great place for us to end because we have about five minutes left here. I got one. I'll tell you afterwards. Yeah, I want to close with yours. This is the craziest thing. And it, are you going to tell me the, the one you told on Rogan? Because that was insane. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So this is the craziest thing I've ever done. When I heard you tell the story on Rogan, I was like, I thought of this story. And I was like, I got to text Moshe about that. I was in China. I was. This is a very long time ago. I was probably only three years into doing comedy. I go to China. We're in Shanghai for a week. We're doing shows. Then they take us to Beijing for a week. I mean, for two days. We're in Beijing. As soon as we get there, uh, the producer of the show is walking us around. He goes, look, I want to show you guys something. Look, see all these girls? And there are girls everywhere wearing sweaters and khaki pants. But they're hot. I go, yeah. And he goes, all hookers. All hookers. Check this out. Come in the and he takes us in a bar. Loaded with girls. These are all hookers. They don't, I mean, it's not really legal here, but they don't really police it. And this is what you do. So as soon as he said that, I'm like, I'm getting a hooker. I'm getting a hooker in China. Sure. For at the very least a hand job or something. Like right. that was that was it. Like I couldn't get past it. We do the show that night. Now, were they all in khakis because it was Beijing and that's their national color? Dude, I don't <laughs> Guys, I'm a professional comedian. <laughs> Go ahead. I honestly, dude, I know you're joking, but like, I don't know why they were all wearing khaki. I feel like it was like a thing where it's like dress presentably and, and the cops will play ball kind mm-hmm. of thing. So that night we do the show. Go back to the hotel. You're not even thinking about your set. You're just like, oh, was it? No, and I had a bad job, show. Khaki, khaki, yeah. khaki, khaki. Yeah, that was Gotta it. fuck that pleat. Yeah, I had a bad show. My one show ever in Beijing, and I kind of ate it because I was so preoccupied. So I get back you to- ate the dumpling. I ate the dumpling. The I get back time. to the hotel. The other comic goes to bed. He doesn't want to hang out. I'm like, it's our last night in China. I want to do something fun. I'm walking around outside. These two girls come up to me on a bicycle. They're like, you want girls? You want girls? I'm like, yeah. You like, like khaki? You like, you like khaki? khaki? You like khaki, girl? Yeah, you, you like, like Banana Republic, girl? original yeah. style? Not yeah. now. Now it's a little uh-huh. bit more fashion forward before yeah. more of a safari theme. Yeah, yeah. And then she went, anything you want at sure. the very end of it. Mm-hmm. She said all that and then went, anything you want. Uh, so she goes, do you like girl? I go, yeah. She goes, come with us. Follow us. dude." Come with us? It was two girls. I said bus. Uh, two, us, two oh, girls okay. on bicycles. Come with us. I go, okay. Dude, I walked into the night of rural Beijing. Dude, I am talking pitch fucking black road for at least a mile, maybe two miles. It took forever, dude. And what were the girls saying this whole time? You just kept going, come a little, little farther, a little, little farther. farther. That's what they kept saying. And what, I, you have good organ? <laughs> they didn't ask me that. Happy kidney? And I would keep stopping them and being like, Girls, how much farther is it? And they'd be like, just a little farther. And then they would pick up other guys along the way. That must have at least made you feel a little better. Uh, a little bit. Right. But th- here's the thing. It never even occurred to me, Moshe. So I get to this. It never even comes into my head like, this isn't a good idea. Right. You know, by the way, 
the first night of this trip, I went uh, to a massage parlor with a guy. He left me there. This guy from Detroit that I met, and I was got shit faced with him. He left me at the massage parlor, and I came out, and I couldn't. Nobody spoke English, and I didn't know where I was, and I was hammered in China. I had to, I finally found a cab driver that took me to a hotel where he knew they could speak English, and then they gave him directions back to my hotel. That already happened on this trip, right? Where I was in the street, almost crying, like, "What am I going to do?" So, following these girls. Never even occurs to me this isn't a good idea. We get to the place. A guy comes out. He's like, you want girls? How many girls do you want? I'm like, uh, how much? And he's like, it was so cheap. He's like, it's like 10 bucks or you know whatever it was. You're like there. 25. Yeah, yeah. I'll take all the girls. So I go, uh, this girl and this girl. I'll take two. And then he goes, okay, you go in that room. So then you go into this room, and this room is like this little karaoke room. And then they come in, and they sit with you, and they're like, we want a drink. Okay, great. So then the guy comes in. Buy drinks for the girls. Now it's like fifty dollars. Yeah, and now I don't have the money. It's too much. And they're like, "We want to come to your hotel. We want to come to your hotel for two hundred. We come to you." And I'm like, "I can't. I can't do this. Like, I see how this hustle works. I can't do it." I go, "I gotta leave." They're like, "You can't leave." I'm like, "I gotta leave." They're like, "You can't leave." I'm like, I, I, "Girls, I'm sorry. I gotta go." I go out. They go. Then they look at you. Look to camera. And they go. You just got shanghaied. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? That's how yeah. this ends, right? And Jamie Kennedy fell out mm-hmm. of the ceiling. Yeah, but Chinese Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, boing. Yeah, they made that noise. Uh, they I, they finally let me leave the room. I go out I'm like I have to like argue with the guy to like let me leave, and he does eventually. And then I have to walk. I have to find my fucking way home on this black road. And I get back and I'm just like, what the fuck was I just thinking? They could have been leading me to anything. Murder. Yeah. Anything, and I just did it. Like. That's the dumbest fucking thing I ever did on behalf of my dick. And had I had the money at that time, I was so fucking stupid, I would have done anything guaranteed that yeah. I could have paid for. Like, thank God I was too broke to contract fucking herpes or whatever else. You know what I mean? Or no offense to anybody if you got it, but you know. And you do. Let's be I honest. I don't have it. No, but someone. Oh, somebody does. A lot does. of them. You oh, might. you know they do. And you know you might. And you know they do. But you might. I don't have it. You might. I know it can be dormant and you don't know you have it. It but mostly is dormant. I, well and you then, do have HPV. Then you don't have it. Uh, if it's dormant and it never has, you never have an outbreak, you don't have it. That's Actually, not, no, I got I got blood tested. I don't have herpes. I just got blood tested. Well, you've got HPV. Uh, they have, don't have a test. And you have HIV. Right. Those, uh, I'm not do. arguing those. I'm just saying all the evidence points towards you having HIV. You need to say you're joking or I'll say you're slandering me like you did with Billy Corgan. I'm not going to say it. You have HIV. I, Bring Moshe's, it on, dude. Moshe's joking. I'm not. Moshe's got a bad sense of humor. I'm not kidding. To the listeners, to the female <laughs> listeners, Joe DeRosa has AIDS. I'm not offended at your joke that I have AIDS. I feel bad if anybody listening is HIV positive. If they are, they probably are just happy. Why? Because what do you mean? What are they sitting around in a, in a field, you know, puddle of tears like oh, i have hiv there people with hiv are living great wonderful happy lives yeah you're right i saw angels in america that is not indicative of people living what are you talking about the angel comes to him he is like a complete enlightenment he gets to go up to angels aren't real with there are no other kin i listen that's your belief okay and i'm not gonna I'm not going to choose to go down that road, but you go ahead now with your most. Oh, with my story? It's so similar to yours. I feel like what's the point in even telling it, but I will. Tell it for these listeners. It's fucking insane. There was a time when I, I was at a parking lot. This is the worst part of it, actually. The, the attendant at the parking lot was this very large woman, and I do like large women. 
It's very arousing to me, and I don't know why. How large? Big. I'm, Give me a weight. I'm, all of the weights. <laughs> I've done it all. Are we talking 350, 400 I've, pounds? Yeah, I've done that. Okay. Uh, usually, this woman, though, in the story. She was probably 300 pounds. Yeah, 300. Okay, so you got a big, big girl on your hands. But hand. she's kind of hot. But she also worked at a parking lot, so less so. And I went up to her, and I got all cold. I always know when I'm like in a real horny zone because I'm getting like, I'm getting like cold and like shaky and primate like and i was walked up to her and i was like hey uh, uh," she was smoking cloves and i like cloves and i bummed a clove off of her and i got her phone i go can i have your phone number and she's like why and i was like i thought i'd call you call you sometime uh by the way if i'm at a party flirting with a gorgeous woman i'm super confident right you know just making jokes you right. know you know but this person i'm just like a stammering little boy well yeah know? dude that's your body reflex going you're doing something you do you shouldn't be doing right now not because she's fat but i just think that i just think that's your body going dude you're just giving into your loins at this point i like, guess so so i got her number i drive away i start texting her immediately and you know, uh, very, very quickly, she says, "I would, I, I, oh, you should have told me you were, you know, hot for me. I would have sucked your dick. I don't know why she went there, but she did. And now I'm just like, ay, 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 it's gotta happen. And I'm, right. I'm driving now to Orange County, so about an hour south of Los Angeles, and I drive my friend Jacob Siroff down, who's yeah. a, a, a pervert in his own right. I, I know Jake. Have, have him on. He yeah. can tell you stories, okay. great stories. But anyway, I'm driving south. We get to Orange County. We do the show." And she's telling me to suck your dick. She lives in Compton, she says. I ask, where do you live? She says, I live in Compton. And I start to do the math that Compton is directly in the northern path of my ride home. Uh, and I could very easily stop at this person's house and get my dick sucked. And it sounds delightful. And so yeah. I, you know, I start, like, I, I find a way to get rid of Jacob. I, like, shake Jacob. Like, I find him another ride home. And I'm just like, he's like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I just got an errand to run. I don't even want to tell him. And he's a pervert. <laughs> right. But I know I'm in the, I'm in the fucking weeds. I'm right. in the moral weeds. You know, I've been cold for, like, three hours at this right. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I get rid of Jacob. I don't even want to, when, when I don't want to tell Jacob Siroff, like, I'm about to go do some sexual dirt, things are not going according I've been to there. Plan. I've been there. You hide it from even your pervy friends. And you'll tell it the next day but not beforehand yeah, yeah. as you know yeah. so I'm driving north and I get off in Compton I don't know if anyone who's listening to this podcast has heard about Compton but apparently it's not a wonderful neighborhood it's so, it's a little rough so I get off a couple I'm, albums rap albums based on that place yeah, yeah. And I'm not in the good part of Compton when I, I start driving around I'm like oh okay I'm in the real I'm in the rap the rap describe. here we are here we yeah, are yes. this is it it's definitely happening. You know, I see NWA running from the police like it's happening. Right? <laughs> so I I start like trying to find her address and I'm like, I'm texting her like, I don't really see where this is. And she's like, you see this such and such street, like pull down this alley. And I'm, I, I'm like, okay, I per- turn right into this alley and I'm driving in an alley that I could only describe as uh a set designed for a uh, white person to be murdered in. It's like it's like a cliche of how like murdery this thing is. It looks like you're in escape from New York suddenly. And, Just yeah. it's like to one side is like an empty field for miles where no one could see hear you scream. To the other side are like tenement kind of like right. shack kind right. of housing. And she's like, keep going, keep going. And I'm I, just like you. Oh, you didn't have the thought. I did have the thought. I'm going. I'm going to get to this person's house. Her brothers are going to come out. They're going to shoot me, take my car, and that's going to be the end of me. But my dick is driving the car at this point. I'm, I'm, I, 
this voice of reason is like it's getting you know diminishing with every yeah. second mm-hmm. my, as every inch that my dick grows bigger this voice is getting smaller the voice smaller. is drowning and i just keep driving even though i'm aware like i had the conscious thought oh i could die yeah like, i'm i might die yeah i get to the place where she says she's gonna be and i like now i'm real cold now i'm fucking siberia you know what i mean now i'm straight up like in superman's ancestral palace <laughs> right and she walks out and she's by herself and we pull over and i think thank god she gets in the car the car sinks a few inches and she gets in and she says um one of the first things she says we start talking and she's like oh i'll suck anybody's dick except for a nigger <laughs> she said that i mean within like Within she first of all she lives in Compton. Second of all she does not know me. I'm just Wait, some, she's a white person. She's a Mexican person. She's a Mexican person. And she said that. And I'm like I just pulled in you know to a parking lot. And got your phone shit. number. You got no information on me. Yeah. Right. But then the dick and so uh, there's another reason to just be like hey excuse me I don't accept that. Step out of the car. <laughs> you know what I mean. But my dick again it's like oh if, man my, she's a racist to boot on top of yeah. all of it. And I'm just like, do not pay attention to what just happened. By the way, that's the second time that that kind of situation has happened to me where a girl that is in my zone to have sex with drops an N-bomb without having any information on me. Both times my dick was able to, well, you know that uh, We Shall Overcome, that uh-huh. song? That that was about me getting my dick sucked by a racist. <laughs> so one thing leads to another. She wants me to kiss her. So uh, so I do. and uh, And I end up not getting murdered. Uh, but did you get your dick sucked off? I did get my dick sucked. That's great. And man. it was a great, it was a great blowjob. Of course and, it was. And then I erased the number on my ride home, and I drove back to the parking lot a couple weeks later to get her phone number again. I erased it from my phone because I knew how. Yeah. Bad it was. Did you get your dick sucked again? I didn't. This so I somehow I don't know what happened. I think I deleted it a third time. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about like. You know, having both the compulsion to fuck this racist, uh, huge person, and also the inability to not do it. You know no, I, mean? I know it's terrible, man. It's t- dude. I could talk to you about this all day. I have to go. I have. Uh, I gotta go too. I got shows too. I, I have stuff a date. Oh shit! <laughs> Let me guess. You guys are going to uh, Jay's Fish over there in Compton. <laughs> oh man, this is this is a weird podcast to do right before you have a date. It'd be so <laughs> awesome if it was in Compton. Hey man, uh, no, it's not. It's in Silver Lake, but uh, I have to go down. So uh, anyway, uh, plug plug your stuff, Moshe. You're wonderful. Oh, you're wonderful, Joe. Uh, well, listen, I have a brand new podcast. I've got, of course, my my classic podcast, The Champs, uh, where we have nothing but but the kind. The only guests we have are the guests that this woman in Compton wouldn't have sucked the dicks of. Okay, uh, The Champs podcast is pretty much exclusively black guests. Yes, but uh, I have a new podcast uh, called The Hound Tall Discussion Series, like Hound Tall Tall Dog. Yeah, it's a uh, monthly show where I have an expert on to uh, basically come give a talk on their field of expertise and then two comedians who make that expert wonder why they agreed to do it in the first place. Yeah, it's kind of like Mystery Science Theater 3000 over a college lecture. I'm very proud of it. I love it. It's on the Nerdist Network. So get that. Also, come see me live. MosheCasher.com. I'm coming to Nashville and San Francisco and Chicago and other places in the upcoming months. Yeah. Boom. 